All right, friends, it's hoop ball promo time. This is big because this is our 2020-2021 NBA season product rollout, and I am so excited to tell you about what we've got. We almost never push our hoop ball products, but this is the window of the year where we need to power that engine. So let me tell you what's out. We've got our draft guide, our flagship's shining beacon to the most comprehensive draft guide in fantasy. We cover all over 400 players this season with future access pass to our Brewski 150. Now, if you don't know what the Brewski 150 is, I'm here to give you the need-to-know info. This is the fantasy draft list that has beaten every other list for 10 straight years and new this year for hootball we're unveiling our monthly membership plans featuring our fantasy pass draft guide brewski 150 our new dfs pass premium in-season tools as well as our wager pass for sports bettors everything you need we've got you covered 365 around the clock hoop ball tools is your one-stop shop for your nba treasure trove of fantasy need to know information all that you need and more check us out head to hoop-ball.com or follow at hoopball fantasy on twitter now check it out give us a follow get your tools and win your league all right friends it's hoop ball promo time this is big because this is our 2020-2021 NBA season product rollout, and I am so excited to tell you about what we've got. We almost never push our hoop ball products, but this is the window of the year where we need to power that engine. So let me tell you what's out. We've got our draft guide, our flagship's shining beacon to the most comprehensive draft guide in fantasy. We cover all over 400 players this season with future access pass to our Brewski 150. Now, if you don't know what the Brewski 150 is, I'm here to give you the need-to-know info. This is the fantasy draft list that has beaten every other list for 10 straight years and new this year for hootball we're unveiling our monthly membership plans featuring our fantasy pass draft guide brewski 150 our new dfs pass premium in-season tools as well as our wager pass for sports bettors everything you need we've got you covered 365 around the clock hoop ball tools is your one-stop shop for your nba treasure trove of fantasy need to know information all that you need and more check us out head to hoop-ball.com or follow at hoopball fantasy on twitter now check it out give us a follow get your tools and win your league the following is a hoop ball presentation Welcome to the Box Score Breakdown Show, a hoop ball presentation. This episode is brought to you by Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company. Get some delicious coffee and taste the Kona difference. Head over to HawaiianIsles.com. You can also find their delicious coffee on Amazon. My name is Adrian Benjamins, and I'm joined, as per usual, with by Captain Kurt Beach. Kurt, how you doing, brother? Adrian, my good sir, I am living the dream, just winding up a nice turkey day weekend, ready to hop into some hoops. Yes, yes, and we have a very nice slate of games in front of us, man, so I do not want to waste any time, Kirk, because when you and I get together, it is (laughs) guaranteed to be a lot of talking, a long show, but 
Kurt, before we get down to business, I want to uh, remind the great listeners to check out the Hoopball Bruce letter. Uh, the godfather of Hoopball himself, Aaron Bruski, does a newsletter touching on all NBA teams, everything you need to know. You guys, go sign up for this if you haven't already. Go to www.hoop slash ball.com slash newsletter it is fantastic Uh, you know Kurt I when I very first started getting into fantasy uh, Aaron Bruski was one of my favorite follows Uh, one of the guys I love to follow the most he was at Roto World at that time and I would get giddy when I'd wake up to read the dose or the the daily dose or whatever they called it uh, and he was the author because I knew it was going to be loaded with goodies. It was going to be, um, you know, sometimes uh, a lot of people when they're doing those daily doses and stuff like they'll just say something, but then not really put a spin on what it means for fantasy. Like they'll just say, oh, this guy was great. He had a great line and he went off. But, um, you know, a lot of times you want to know a guy went off, but what does that mean for fantasy? Does that mean we need to go pick him up? Does that mean nothing? Does that mean... And so Aaron always had the best insight. I would always love when he would do um, his brewski breakdown. Man, that was the best. So this newsletter, man, is kind of like... Um, you know, it it feels like that to me, like those early uh, brewski breakdowns. What do you think, Kurt? Yeah, I totally agree. And like you, when I was getting into fantasy for the first time, um, I was following Roto World a lot, and I was super excited. I always, always see his stuff on there. I like that he didn't feel like he needed to go with the crowd, mm-hmm. and that he'll give you some hot takes. And that's what I found the most interesting. I'd follow some of his hot takes, and like 99% of the time, they ended up being great great pickups yeah which is also why um you know the brewski 150 rankings was is like the same thing right it's like he was just never uh it was always so different like you would see guys ranked 40 spots differently than the consensus and i just loved uh that bravery that like you know i mean he didn't he was never scared to go against the norm or go against um what the general consensus was and so anyways man go get the uh the brewski newsletter the bruise letter kurt are you ready to dive into this action-packed night of uh fantasy action adrian i'm ready to rock and roll all right man i believe i my head is spinning from today um so I believe the first game of the night was the Miami Heat and the Brooklyn Nets. This one was a tight game, very close. The Heat getting the victory 109 to 106. Gonna jump in on the Miami side of the game first. I'll start with Jimmy Butler, man. 20 points, a steal, a block, two assists, seven rebounds, uh, 1-3. You know, 5 of 17 shooting, not great, but he was 9 of 10 from the line and putting up some great value this season, especially Kurt. He he fell to like, I saw him, I think in my home league, he ended up going like round three. So some people got some really good value on Jimmy Butler this year. Um, one of my favorite players this year, I got a lot of shares of him. Bam Adebayo, a big double-double, 17 points, 16 boards, one steal, one block, one assist, 6 of 14 shooting, 5 of 7 from the line. 
Um, Robinson with a double-double, 10 points, 10 rebounds. Uh, three threes for him on three of six shooting. Kendrick Nunn with 11 points, three assists. Uh, he only shot five of 15 with one three. Myers Leonard getting the start, but um, really don't like him, especially for standard leagues. Only saw 19 minutes and um, only sh- uh, shot three of five for nine points, six boards. Um, they do have some nice options off of their bench. Goran Dragic, 24 points, 6 assists, 2 rebounds, 3 threes on 9 of 18 shooting. You know, that's pretty good usage. Uh, He came off the bench, but took the most shots out of anyone on this team. So he feels really a really safe option, um, even though he's coming off the bench. You know, probably the big letdown, I know in deeper leagues, Kelly Olynyk was a popular ad, but only saw 6 minutes here tonight. In fact, you know what, Kurt? I better double check this just make i just want to make sure he didn't get hurt and i didn't miss it but i'm not seeing any injury so uh really strange only six minutes for kelly olenic he's been much better um tyler hero is off and on hard to trust in standard leagues only four points in 21 minutes winslow is back in action uh 10 points for him three assists five rebounds he was three at 12 one three i don't know if he's going to continue coming off the bench or if he'll eventually start uh i think you know miami's been pretty good this season i think they probably like that starting lineup how it is so maybe winslow just keeps coming off the bench here uh, not too much else to talk about kurt what do you think of the heat like like you said, the thing that stood out the most to me was the Kelly Olenek stuff. In the last two weeks, he'd been a top 67 guy on 9-cat uh, rating. So I picked him up in a lot of places and pretty bummed to see this happen. Only six minutes. And like you said, I don't see any kind of injury news, anything like that going on. Probably, I mean, easily his worst game of the year, all zeros. But if you picked him up, I'd hold on for another couple games, see how he does. He's been top 120 or so on the season, and like I said, top 70 in the last two weeks. So cut him some slack for this one. Other than that, the other guy that I'm watching pretty close here, let me just plug that newsletter again from Brewski, is Duncan Robinson. And I pegged him as mainly a three-point guy who, who gets you points, and that's about it. But tonight he had 10 boards. Didn't do anything else in the peripheral stats, but didn't have any turnovers. But Brewski's very intrigued by this guy. Again, go check out the Bruce letter. And with him being intrigued by him, again, we we mentioned how his takes were some of the hot takes that we like to follow. I'm very intrigued by him. If you need a three-point specialist, maybe somebody you look at there. Other than that, I mean, Derek Jones returned but didn't do anything. He's got a fun stat set, but this Miami rotation is just so packed. It's hard to trust anyone off the bench. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, what went down on the uh, Brooklyn side of this game? Well, we had Torian Prince go for 9-7-5 and five with a steal, three blocks, and two threes. Nice, diverse game from him, minus 3 of 14 from the field. Uh, Jarrett Allen had four points, 12 boards, two assists. Spencer Dinwiddie's hot run continues with Kyrie on the shelf. He had 29-6-4 with four triples, perfect 5-5 five five from the line one steal. Joe Harris is really hot lately. He had 25 points, five triples, four boards, and assist. Garrett Temple played 34 minutes. He had seven, six, and five. He's more of a deep league special, and he'll likely fade when Kyrie comes back, if not disappear completely. DeAndre Jordan still clinging to some value off the bench. 24 minutes for 15 and eight, two assists, one steal. 
Nicholas Claxton, who had some buzz a couple weeks ago in deeper leagues, was a DMPCD. And really, that's all I see here on the Nets. Not much that moves the needle for me tonight. What about you, Adrian? Man, I just want to mention that um, I'm thanking my lucky stars that I avoided uh, Kyrie Irving everywhere. And I wasn't... um, I wasn't purposely avoiding him. It just the way that my drafts shaked out. I uh, just w- wasn't ever in that right slot in that second round, like that early second round to take him. Um, and I'm just pretty happy I avoided him, man, because I just feel like uh, I don't know. Just for some reason, feels like he's going to be a headache this year with the missed games. It's just crazy how many games he's missed with his shoulder injury and you know he's a guy who's had numerous um numerous numerous injury issues throughout his career dating all the way back to his time in college when he was at Duke so um I'm just feeling pretty lucky that I avoided him other than that man you you nailed everything uh let's roll to the next game uh the Memphis Grizzlies took on uh Hang on. Oh, took on the Minnesota Timberwolves. Grizzlies getting the victory 115 to 107. And, you know, this one was a little surprising to me because um, we were missing Morant. We're missing Valence Eunice in this one. We're missing, you know, Kyle Anderson didn't play in this one. And so uh, I really expected the Timberwolves to just roll over the Grizzlies. So I was a little shocked when I saw that the Grizzlies got this victory. And uh, I'm I'm gonna start on the Memphis side of this game first, and I'll start with the Jay Crowder who put up a double double, 12 points, 10 boards, three assists, uh, two threes, four of 11 shooting. I think he's worth owning, even in standard leagues with all these injuries to the Grizzlies. Now, um, you know he's likely never gonna blow you away with a big line, but you know nights like tonight um, are why he's useful in leagues. Uh, Dylan Brooks is uh, prone to have some nice scoring games, and tonight was one of those nights. 26 points with four threes on 9 of 18 shooting from the field. He was a perfect 4 of 4 from the line. He also added three assists. Um, You guys, with the news of Ja Morant likely going to be out weeks, he will be week to week. I'm expecting him to us to not even see him this week maybe miss most of next week so with back spasms so with that news go make sure that Tyus Jones is not sitting on your wire I think he's even worth owning even in standard leagues Um, tonight in just 25 minutes had 12 points a steal a block seven assists four rebounds Uh, I think this is what you can expect, and I think on some nights he's going to be even better than this. Um, from what I was hearing, they did not go with Jones down the stretch. They ended up going with DeAnthony Melton. Uh, this likely could have been due to a size issue. You know, uh, the the Timberwolves are starting Jarrett Culver at the point guard spot. He's got a lot more size than Tyus Jones. So I think on most nights we're going to see Tyus Jones hit that 30-minute mark. And uh, I think he's going to be worth owning all over the place. Um, Super mega disappointing from JJJ tonight. Fouled out in 19 minutes, but did have 12 points and assists 
two rebounds, two threes on five of ten shooting. Look, um, fouls is his Achilles heel. He just has such a high foul rate. He just hasn't figured that out yet. He's still a baby. I think I don't even think he's 21 yet, Kurt. I think he's still 20, or maybe he is 21. But um, so hopefully he he gets the foul trouble worked out because. Uh, you know, we all salivate on the potential of JJJ, but uh, really tough on nights like uh, um, tonight. Brandon Clark has been pretty good for the most part. So tonight, definitely disappointing. Um, only played 10 minutes and pretty much put up a goose egg. Uh, I want to double check. No injury. Uh, no injury for Clark tonight. Oh, no, he, he did actually leave. Left this game with hip soreness. So um, keep an eye on Brandon Clark. That could be an issue. Maybe he's going to miss another game or so. Um, let's see. Off the bench, they got some nice run from a lot of their bench guys. Allen with 13 points, five rebounds, three threes on four nine shooting. Um, D'Anthony Melton showing... Showing some of why people got excited about him last year at the draft with nine points, eight assists, two steals, one block, one three, perfect four of four from the line, two of ten from the field. Uh, I actually have this guy in some really deep dynasty leagues, but um, man, I, I, I was really disappointed when he got moved to the Grizzlies because they got Tyus Jones and they've got the point guard uh, superstar of the future in John Morant. So definitely not a great landing spot for um, DeAnthony Melton. So other than that, uh, really hoping we see Jonas Valanciunas back soon. I'm also hoping we see John Morant uh, on the sooner rather than later and uh, would like to see this team back at full strength. Kurt, what do you think of the Grizzlies? Man, Adrian, just all their starters going down or not playing, and they still pull off the victory here. Uh, like you said, Tyus Jones, he's going to be a fun streamer for assists and steals for however long Jaws out. And getting that week-to-week news on him means, I mean, you probably at least got one solid week out of him. I think Memphis goes three times next week. So he should be definitely owned in most standard leagues, even if it's just for the week or two. Off the bench, so many numbers there, but... Hard to trust these guys. Like you said, Brandon Clark only played 10 minutes and JJJ fouled out in 19. So it's hard to trust these guys, but Bruno Caboclo, man, his 12 and 13 with one assist, three steals. He had a really solid run last year around the fantasy playoffs and he helped win me a couple leagues. So I have a little bit of a soft spot for him. Um, I don't know. You could, you could roll the dice on these guys if you were probably more of a DFS punt type because for soreness for Clark he probably won't be out too long and if JJJ can figure out the following these guys their minutes are gonna evaporate some yep I agree what went down on the other side of this game Minnesota's side of this game you got it for Cat he went for 21 and 12 with 5 assists no defensive stats 1 3 pointer uh, kind of an off shooting night for him 7 of 20 from the field 1 of 10 from deep same for Andrew Wiggins, 6 of 17 from the field, but he pitched in 18, 6, and 7, 1 assist, or sorry, 1 steal, 2 blocks, 1 3, uh, getting you some cash counters this year, having a really nice year. Robert Covington's been a little quiet this year, but I think he's still inside the top 40 in 9-cat. 13, 3, and 1 with 1 steal, 1 block, 3 threes. Um, I, he kind of flies under the radar, I think, for some some of the casual leagues. 
And because of what he does in those cash counting stats, the steals, the blocks, the threes, you might be able to pry him away from an owner if you're in more of a casual league. Jarrett Culver, he's been starting now for Jeff Teague. That's supposed to be a permanent thing from what I've heard. 17, sorry, 14 points, seven rebounds, one assist, one steal, one three, only 26 minutes. He's not really lighting the world on fire, and his percentages, especially from the free throw line, have been really bad. One of four tonight, he was something like 42% on the season. Um, and I think he's honestly one of the worst guys when you factor in both field goal and free throw percentage on the year. But he'll probably turn that around some. I think he was a 70% or so foul line shooter in college. Off the bench, Jeff Teague, um, naturally, you know, losing the starting gig, we're hearing lots of questions, should I drop Jeff Teague? But he played 26 minutes. He only took four shots, but he was eight of eight from the free throw line. He had 13 points, four rebounds, six assists. And really, that's what you're looking for from Teague, is those low teen scoring nights, six, seven, eight assists. And he's probably going to shoot more than four times most nights. So if, say, he gets another bucket or two, you're looking at 15, 17 points, six assists. He's definitely still somebody that you should be holding, especially with how assists have been falling off this year after those first few rounds in the draft. Adrian, what's your take on Minnesota? I love what you said about Jarrett Culver, but, you know, he's a guy that I'm actually stashing in, like, those... I'm in a couple leagues where I play that roto game cap limit where, like, you know, in every spot you have an 82-game limit, and so you can afford to put a guy on your bench that you don't need to play. Because I think at some point of the season, Culver is going to maybe make that leap where we see the percentages improve. I agree with you. He's really tough. Like, I wouldn't, I don't even want to put him in my lineup right now because of the percentages that he hurts you at and because also, you know, prone to give you some low-end lines as well. So, but I'm, I'm just going to keep him stashed on my bench for that. You know, maybe from, maybe after the All-Star break, he starts putting it, together and I think it's a good sign that he's in the starting lineup like I like I feel like that team they want him to learn make mistakes now so that he makes that improvement so um a guy I'm definitely holding I I, I, I love your take on Teague you know even though he's coming off the bench which freaked me out initially he could destroy some second units some really some really bad defenses so as long as he's getting minutes like he saw tonight now if his minutes dropped to like 19 i would get really worried but if he's still gonna see minutes here like he saw here tonight in the mid to mid to upper 20s i think he's gonna give you some nice lines very similar to what he did tonight or like you said kurt even better if he's shooting like like you said only took four shots i think most nights in 26 minutes he's gonna take way more than that so love your take there and then other than that man um not much else to add you you nailed everything Let's keep rolling. Let's go to game three, the Boston Celtics and the New York Knicks. Uh, the Celtics have been fantastic, man. They they get the victory 113 to 104. I'm going to look in on the Boston side. And uh, I'm going to start with Jason Tatum, man. was really disappointed that I missed out on Tatum in all my leagues. Um, and uh, had a nice game here tonight, 30 points two steals, two blocks, seven assists with six boards, five threes, five of six from the line, 10 of 23 from the field. It's a pretty great game here um, from him. 
Uh, Jalen Brown, who's been fantastic, 28 points, a steal, a block, one assist, five rebounds, four threes on 11 of 18 shooting two of four from the line. Now, you know, even though uh, Brown has been a nice surprise, I am concerned about the return um, of Gordon Hayward. And, you know, I still think Brown is going to be worth rostering and be worth having on your team, even when Hayward comes back. But I do believe uh, Brown will definitely take a knock in value, a knock to his production um, when Hayward returns. So, hey, if, you know, I don't know if you can maybe flip Jalen Brown right now, if, 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 if there's other people that are forgetting that Gord, that Gordon Hayward's going to be back soon, you know, maybe you can move Jalen Brown. But anyways, um, Kemble Walker, so happy, Kurt, that this guy did not get hurt and that um, he's okay. I, I was watching that Celtics game um, when he hurt his neck and was like anytime a guy gets taken off of, uh, on a stretcher, uh, it's like the scariest thing in the world, man. Like you like you. You're not even worried about basketball. You're like worried if they're gonna walk again. Like it's like that intense. So to see this guy already playing, playing over 30 minutes, had 16 points, 10 assists, uh, steal. I'm just so happy that this guy is healthy and back and playing great. Five rebounds to three threes on six of 18 shooting. Uh, Marcus Smart uh, only. Um, no points tonight, no defensive stats, three rebounds, no threes. Wow, this is a really awful night from Marcus Smart, but uh, I think he'll be much better than this. Um, Daniel Thice, 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 two points. I think, you know, I, I've seen him picked up and being played in some deeper leagues, like 14 team deeper leagues. It's just nights like tonight or why it's kind of rough. Uh, you know, tomorrow could have a double-double tomorrow in a decent line, but really hard to trust him. Man, this Boston Celtics team is so deep. Um, off the bench, you know, Cantor's only getting 16 minutes, but he put up a double-double. 11 points, 11 rebounds, one block on 4-7 shooting. Uh, you know, it's kind of clear that they like Cantor coming off the bench. Robert Williams, who I know a lot of people were high on, but man, with this three-headed monster at center, I just don't think it's going to happen for him. And don't really trust anybody else off this bench with uh, this team being so deep. Uh, Kurt, what do you think of the Celtics? Adrian, the only thing I'll add, well, Marcus Smart, I guess he took a shot from Kevin Knox. He tried to take a charge, so he left early. So he'll be, I mean, they're calling it an abdomen shot. So I don't know how long he'll be out. I don't think it would be too long, but he'll have better lines than this. Um, the main reason I watch the Celtics, if I watch the Celtics, is for that, that front court battle between Tice and Cantor. And Tice, prior to Friday's game, had looked like the dude. And then he only played six minutes or so on Friday, and I didn't see much on it. Now I'm hearing he had a knee issue. So that gives him a pass for Friday. Um, he, he had been number 139 on the season and 101 in the last 14 days. And I picked him up in a few spots. He'd had some decent block numbers. But tonight, no injury or anything. He's just kind of splitting time now with Cantor. And it's going to render probably both of them mm -hmm. outside standard league value, probably 14-teamers, 16-teamers. I'm probably going to hold Tice in the standard leagues where I have him just for another game or two to see what happens. But with my itchy trigger finger, he's definitely on the chopping block. Mm -hmm. 
Yep. The only other guy who had a decent run in the last few weeks and more of like a 14-16 team guy uh, was uh, Brad Wanamaker, but he only played 18 minutes, went for 11, 2, and 3 with a 3 and a steal. And when Gordon Hayward comes back, I'll think, I think he'll pretty much disappear, but he's more of a deep league special right there. Yeah, you know, I think they really like Daniel Tice. His um, He's so gritty and more defensive-minded than Cantor, and they really like that next to Tatum and Brown and Kimball Walker. It's like you got so much offense there that you need that guy that gets down and dirty, that doesn't mind, you know, rebounding, playing D, get like uh, – and so, you know, just like you said, Kurt, him – He's gonna render Cantor not ownable, and then Cantor could get the hot hand, and Cantor could end up with you know twenty four minutes, and Thice is only gonna get eighteen like he saw tonight, and so it's like it's just a really tough situation for standard leagues. Uh, Kurt, I picked him up, and so and I have a fourteen team league where I'm desperate for center help I'm like uh, it's a roto style league uh, category league I'm like down at the bottom in rebounds and blocks and I'm and there's nothing on the wire I picked him up and just hoping he just get me live like I don't even care if he scores uh, points I just need him to get me 10 boards and a block or two and I'll be happy so um, I'm gonna hang on to him in a couple spots like that yeah, I can't blame you for that. Yeah. All right, uh, Kurt, what went down on the Knicks side of this game? Well, Adrian, we had Marcus Morris, who has been one of the most reliable players for the Knicks. He wasn't playing tonight with some neck spasms. I don't know how long he's supposed to be out. I didn't see any extended timetable on him. So with him out, Kevin Knox got the start 11-5 and five with two blocks and two threes. Uh, very deep leaguers. You can maybe look at him while Morris is out. Frank Nilakina, he was out tonight with, well, he played seven minutes, and then he left with a back issue from what I'm reading. So he'll be better on most nights, get you those defensive stats. Um, with him out, DSJ played 38 minutes, the most of anyone on the team, and had 17 points, one rebound, seven assists, two threes. I'm not rushing to pick him up anywhere. If Nilakina's going to miss some extended t- time, 14-16 uh, teamers could look to him. DFS guys could maybe look to him. Julius Randle had one of his better percentage games today. 26-5-2, no steals, no blocks, four turnovers, 50% from the field, and 10 of 13 from the free throw line. He's been kind of murdering you in percentages and turnovers, but tonight's line, not so bad. Uh, Taj Gibson started, four steals, nothing to see there. RJ Barrett shot four of 13 from the field. 8 of 13 from the free throw line. So like his buddy Randall, just murdering you in percentages. Uh, but didn't turn it over today. He had 16 points, 7 rebounds, 1 steal, 1 block. And, ooh, Damian Dotson. He popped up today. <laughs> I I may have just said before I had a softness for him last year because he went on a 3-point barrage barrage last year and really helped me in some leagues. Played 32 minutes, had 10 points, 2 threes, 4 rebounds, 3 assists, 1 steal, 1 block. Probably not worth looking at at this point. The guy you are probably getting sick and tired of us saying is a buy low is Mitchell Robinson. He fouled out tonight in only 20 minutes. Six points, five rebounds, no blocks. I think that's only the second time this year he didn't have a block. Um, If you're trying to find the silver lining, I guess you could say he went 100% from the field, two for two, and 100% from the free throw line, two for two. 
I'm still considering him a buy low. And even if this wonky season or low minutes uh, following out, you know, he's still having the same issues he had last year. But even with that going on, he's still averaging about two blocks a game. So that's, I think, in the top five of the NBA if I'm just spitballing. And we know that if Fizdale gets fired or if Robinson can tone the fouls down, he can get closer to that two and a half, maybe three blocks a game. Uh, it really sucks if you spend a second or third round pick on him. I don't think he's going to be a returning value near that. Maybe a top 50 type guy. Things break right, maybe 40, 30. But I'm still trying to buy low on him because those block numbers are just so juicy and he can win that category on your on his own. There was a game last year, I think, in November, so just over a year ago, where I, I first took note of him where he blocked nine shots in one game. Somebody who's got that kind of potential needs to be owned, and I would continue to send by low offers for him. Adrian, what's your take on the next? Oh, man, I'm just uh, every day thankful that I avoided pretty much all Knicks. And, you know, I know Dennis Smith Jr. could be a popular pickup tonight because of the fact that he had 17 points and it looks like a nice line but this guy has been just notorious for bad percentages very bad inefficiency high turnovers so uh, I don't want anything to do with him and you know we're still waiting for Alfred Payton to return and I still think that Neil Aquina is like their starter so it's just a bad situation in that backcourt and um, I like your take on buying low on Mitchell Robinson only because, man, I know some people that have Mitchell Robinson and they're like frustrated and fed up. So I feel like you can kind of take advantage of um, of that feeling that these managers have um, that have Mitchell Robinson and you can and you I think you can really uh, get him pretty low right now and and as you said this is a guy if he does start rolling you know a lot of buzz that Fizdale will eventually be out in New York and if that's the case maybe we got a head coach who uh, really lets Mitchell Robinson loose and man this guy can uh, put up some high block numbers without a doubt so um, yeah I like that take Kurt on buying low on Mitchell Robinson and uh, man it, it just feels like his value just gets low like lower and, and lower as we wait so um, yeah make that move alright you guys let's keep it going here the Dallas next game up the Dallas Mavericks and the Los Angeles Lakers the Mavericks giving the Lakers their first victory and I mean their first defeat in quite a while man this Dallas Mavericks team uh, 114 to 100 I'm going to look in on Dallas side of the game first, and you know I got to start with Luka Doncic. Uh, man, this guy's averaging a triple double 27 points, 10 assists, nine boards with three steals. He does it all four threes, uh, 10 of 23 from the line. I'm surprised he, I'm, I'm sorry, three of three from the line, 10 of 23 from the field. I'm surprised he only took three free throws tonight because uh, he's, he's really good from there. Uh, Porzingis with 15 points, six rebounds, one steal, no blocks. Uh, you know, Porzingis has been a little 
disappointing these low-end lines like we saw here today but you definitely just gonna stick with them I don't know maybe even uh, float some buy low offers for uh, Porzingis I know some guys who who used like a third round pick on Porzingis and they're not exactly ecstatic with his uh, production so far um, Dwight Powell making an appearance for this one. 15 points, 9 rebounds, 1 steal, a 6 of 11 from the field. I know this is a guy that a lot of people uh, were high on coming into the year thinking that he would be a standard league guy. He just, um, you know, there hasn't been a lot of uh, usage left over after Doncic and Porzingis for him but this is a nice game keep an eye on Powell Tim Hardaway Jr. who was making some noise last week kind of falling back down to earth in this one with eight points two steals two boards Finney Smith can get has had some hot games as well but he only had six points five boards in 21 minutes uh you know off the bench I've seen DeLon Wright getting dropped in some shallower leagues and you know, even though we came off the bench, 17 points, four steals, nine assists, three threes tonight on seven to 12 shooting. I think people thought that he was going to do this like um, throughout the season. So keep an eye on DeLon Wright. I think, too, you know, if he was dropped in your league, um, it could be worth the pickup. You know, I mean, if it's a really shallow league, like a 10 team league, probably not. But, um, you know, I've got some 12-team leagues where if somebody dropped them, I've got some, um, I've got some garbage on the end of my roster that I would drop for um, Delon Wright if he was available. Um, not much else here, Kurt. What do you think of the Mavericks? Man, Luca just continues to feast. I think he'll be a top five fantasy asset in almost all regards for probably close to the next decade. I missed out on him in almost all spots because I didn't see him making such positive gains in both percentages and still chipping in steals and threes. He's doing everything. So yeah, top three, maybe top five guy, great guy to own. And and like you said, Porzingis, I also feel like he's been quiet this year, which is kind of surprising because I was looking at his numbers. He's number 56 on the season, nine cat average, but he hasn't seemed to just pop or, or go completely bonkers yet. And most of that is because he's playing next to Luca, but still giving you 2.23s and 2.2 blocks. So the blocks are elite, and finding a guy that can give you that combination, those blocks and threes, I mean, that's why he's the unicorn. So if we have the perception that he's not really performing well, like you said, in a lot of leagues, he was going in the third round. His preseason rank was 33, so he's about 20 some spots below that. I would definitely send a buy low offer if, if you think that you can swipe him away from an uh, unsatisfied owner. And the other thing I have, I'd, I'd dw- drop Dwight Powell in every spot where I had him. Maybe he turns it around after this performance. And DeLon Wright off the bench. After putting up a night like this, you probably have to grab him. He was already inside the top 150 which is kind of surprising because he's had a really muted season so far, but we know what he can do if he's going to trend up in the minutes and he's going to be shooting more shots. He's a great guy to own. So if you have somebody to cut in standard league league or standard leagues, I think you can do it, but ah, man, I kind of want to see him do it again, mm-hmm. but with as much buzz as he had coming into the year after seeing him do this one time, 
you're probably going to see him scooped up in a decent amount of leagues. Mm-hmm. That's really all I have there. On the Lakers side, Anthony Davis, I feel like a lot of people are saying they're disappointed with him so far this year. <laughs> he went for 27-10, and 10, two assists, one steal, two blocks, one three, perfect at the line, 6-6, six 10-21 six, from the field. A lot of his value comes from, or a lot of his kind of, I would say, hidden value comes from his percentages and lack of turnovers. A lot of those guys in the first round, you know, your James Hardens, uh, try to think of other examples. Like some of them take a ding because of their high turnovers and their low field goal percentage. But Anthony Davis really doesn't hurt you in any category. And I know some people, well, probably a lot of people took him with their first overall pick. He's still number three on a per game average prior to tonight. So, so not bad. Um, he is number one, I think last week. So he, he's right up there in that top three threshold, number two on totals. So yeah, he's not popping off for 50 points a game and doing that kind of stuff like Harden does or giving you these monster triple doubles like Luka does, but still easily a top three guy with top one potential. LeBron James, I'm pretty sure he's leading the league in assists this year. He had 25, nine and eight, four steals, which is amazing. I was hoping for him to have more because apparently he had three steals in the first three minutes. No blocks, six turnovers, Perfect 3 of 3 from the free throw line, 11 of 20 from the field, no threes. JaVale McGee had 4 and 10 with a block. Danny Green, 8 and 2, one assist, one steal, two threes. He hangs on to standard league value. He's not exciting to own, but he gets you that 1.9 uh, threes and 1.3 steals, so you could do worse than Danny Green. Other than that, Alex Caruso played 25 minutes off the bench. He had 10 points, four rebounds, one assist, more of a deep, deep league guy. Man, the Lakers team here is so deep. Like, I watched them against Washington the other day, and it's like everybody out there was just doing something. So with that happening, it's hard for anyone besides AD and James to really have consistent value. Danny Green's standard league guy, just barely. And Kyle Kuzma is way over-owned. I think he's owned in 80% of leagues. All he does is score and hit threes. And that's not enough, considering now he's coming off the bench for 20-ish minutes a game, four points, one rebound, one assist. If you have Kyle Kuzma, it's time to move on. Yeah, I agree with that. And, uh, yeah, I and, you know, I, I think most of us expected this from the Lakers, that it was going to be LeBron and it was going to be AD and everyone else was going to be you know, there's going to be some nights where Danny Green blows up, some nights where JaVale or Dwight Howard have a big double-double. But from a night-to-night basis, it's hard to trust that. And, um, Kurt, I'm one of these guys that drafted uh, that drafted Anthony Davis with the number one overall pick in the Hoop Ball Staff League. And, you know, when you take a guy, when you have the number one pick, the biggest problem is that that player you, you choose needs to finish as the number one player so your margin of error is like really small so like if you take a guy number one and he finishes as the number five player you pretty much failed your job when you have the number one pick is to pick the guy who's going to finish as the number one player and so that's a kind of a difficult thing to do and so you know 
I I agree with you. Anthony Davis is great. In fact, I'm looking at the overall ranking, and he's he's sitting number one right I, from what I'm seeing. He's been fantastic. But I think what the problem is, Kurt, is you see Harden flirt with 60, and then you're like, man, why didn't I pick James Harden? Like, I had an opportunity. And, you know, it's like a guy blows up for 60 multiple times or, like – um that can single-handedly win you a head-to-head matchup. So I think, you know, it's um, – I'm one of these guys that, like, I, I I drafted Anthony Davis, and I agree with you, Anthony Davis is great, but you're just really nitpicky um, up at the very top because you want – you're just thinking to yourself, did I get the very best guy? And so, you know, it's, it, it's just a kind of a difficult situation sometimes – to be in that sounds horrible right kurt i'm like making it sound like it's hard to have the number one pick um, no it this this year man it was tough we had what four guys some people were saying five competing for number one yeah you had ad towns harden and curry um obviously curry's been eliminated from that but you couldn't have predicted that just some bad luck and some people were saying Giannis. i had him firmly number five because of the free throw percentage I wasn't expecting to be this bad but yeah I I hear you so you get that number one pick and I so rarely have that number one pick that I got it in one spot this year and I almost panicked because you (laughs) you have more options like if you're number three number four your picks almost laid out for you or you have a a coin flip but at number one all of a sudden I started to panic and I did end up taking Harden in that spot and I'm loving it Somebody actually offered me a D four Harden, and I quick turned that down. But you can't go wrong with these guys. A D Harden, Cat—they're all going to be great. Yep, yep, definitely. All right, let's keep it going. The next game up, man, what a big night of action! The next game up, the OKC Thunder versus the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, the this was another tight game, man. The Thunder getting the victory. This is why I love not a lot of blowouts. This is great. The Thunder getting the victory, 107 to 104. I'm going to take a look at the Thunder side of this game first. Some nice lines from the Thunder. Uh, the one that's popping out at me the most is Gallo. Uh, Danilo Gallinari with 23 points, 11 rebounds, 3 assists, 8 of 14 shooting from the field, 4 threes on 3 of 4 from the line. You know, we knew that Gallo was going to be a good option this year as long as he stayed healthy and he's kind of uh living up to that standard and so uh fingers crossed that this guy can just stay on the court all year because i feel like he's been pretty good um shea gillis alexander with 17 points nine rebounds two assists one steal two threes um he only shot five of 17 from the field but he did go five of six from the line and you know i feel like this is pretty a pretty good game he had a couple games last week where he put up some low-end lines like nine points with little else so it's nice to see him have a nice game like this and hopefully he can get rolling here uh chris paul has been pretty good uh, he has been quietly really solid this year 16 points with eight assists four rebounds um no defensive stats but did give you two threes on an efficient six of nine shooting from the field two of two from the line um steven adams man this is what i like to see you know i expected steven adams to 
really see a spike in his boards and his production this year um, with Westbrook being gone and Jeremy Grant being gone. So really happy to see him get a double-double here. 17 points with 10 boards, two blocks, one steal, six of seven from the field, five of six from the line. Let's hope he can get rolling. You know, was dealing with some minor injury stuff to start the season. So let's hope this guy can get healthy and start rolling for you. Um, Dennis Schroeder is a guy you don't mind owning off the bench. 17 points, 2 assists, 3 rebounds. He's been pretty good. I, I was not even expecting him really to be viable in standard leagues, and he's definitely been that, if not more. Nerlens Noel, another guy who uh, has been pretty good lately. Now, he only saw, you know, with Steven Adams starting to get it going, uh, Noel only saw 19 minutes here tonight. So keep an eye on that situation. He had 8 points. Uh, one steal, one block, five rebounds. He shot three of six from the field. Now, other than that, uh, not a lot else here. No one else that I would trust. Uh, not even in, like, deeper leagues, really. Kurt, what do you think of the Thunder? You nailed it, Adrian. The only guy that has really been moving the needle lately is Nerlens Noel. He's number 86 on the season, 9-cat on the strength of 0.9 steals and 1.8 blocks, and that's been up even higher in the last couple weeks. But like you said, Steven Adams isn't just going to fall apart, which it seemed like maybe he would earlier in the <laughs> season. So he's been only he's been doing that in only 18 minutes. So wow. number 86 in only 18 minutes, he definitely needs to be owned. Personally, I don't own him anywhere, and I'm, I'm just not stoked with the minutes. I like my guys to be getting 25, 30 minutes a game. But you can't argue with number 86 on the season. And if Adams goes down or gets traded, gets shut down, Noel could have a solid run. Mm-hmm. I don't really have anything else on the Thunder. It's kind of the usual suspects here. All right. What went down on the uh, Pelicans side of this game? On the Pelicans side, Brandon Ingram, who's been one of the biggest surprises of the season for me. He's been a second-round guy. He played 40 minutes tonight. 20 points. Seven boards, four assists, no steals, but did chip in two blocks and two threes. And he was two of two from the free throw line. The things that I didn't see holding were the defensive stats and the threes, but they have been. And on the season, probably the biggest surprise for me is that he's shooting uh, 80% from the free throw line and 49 from the field. He's having a monster year. I think he definitely will take a hit when Zion comes back. So... You could probably try to sell high. Um, I can't see him dropping a whole lot, maybe a, a round or two in value. Uh, Jaleel Okafor got a start tonight. Four points, two boards, only played nine minutes. I don't want anything to do with him in almost any league. Jackson Hayes played 26 minutes off the bench for nine and seven with one assist, one steal, two blocks. Hayes has been a decent streamer, 14-16 team grab. But you'll see him probably become mostly irrelevant when both Zion and Favors come back. Favors didn't play tonight. He's uh, dealing with the death of his mother, so sorry to hear that for Favors. Um, He's been out seven, eight games. I don't know how long he'll continue to go uh, be out, but hope all's well with the Favors family. Lonzo Ball started tonight. He went for 14-7. and No steals, but one block. He did have four threes. Getting the start was nice because uh, we had that quote from J.J. Redick not too long ago where they said they'd finally found a starting lineup that worked, and that starting lineup included uh, not Lonzo Ball. 
So the fact that he's starting, he looks good out there. He looks to have corrected his shot, especially from three-point land. And if he's going to take the majority of his shots from three, uh, eight out of 11 tonight were three-point attempts, he's definitely going to be a solid guy to own. And you know he can help you in steals and blocks. His free throw percentage is never going to be great. I think it's around 50%, less than 50% on the season. But it only takes about one, two a game. So it's not as bad as it sounds. I sent some buy-low offers for him, picked him up in a couple leagues. J.J. Redick, he's been having a nice bounce back from earlier on in the season when it looked like he was a clear-cut candidate. He's been really turning it on. Tonight was actually a quieter game from him. 13-3, one assist, one steal, three threes. Only played 29 minutes. Uh, he's been great. Top 110 type of guy. Drew Holiday, 26-4. and four. Uh, Three threes, no steals, no blocks, but no turnovers. He's been turning it on taking more of a command of the team, which he needs to do. So he'll he'll trend up. I don't know if he's going to be that late first, early second round type guy like some people were expecting, but he continues to raise his value in the recent weeks. Off the bench, Josh Hart, I think this was his first game back. Maybe it's his second. He played 33 minutes. He had 11 and 11, two assists, two steals, two blocks, three threes. So very nice in the cash counting department from Josh Hart. Uh, what is that? seven cash counters Nikhil Alexander Walker we know what he can do in limited minutes but this team's very deep he was DMPCD tonight uh, Kenrick Williams was a popular ad in recent weeks he didn't play tonight because of left ankle issues really that's all I have Zion's nearing a return so that'll be fun for this team Adrian what's your take on these Pels Man, you nailed it. You covered everything. Uh, you know what? My question, though, for you, I, I agree with you. You know, Ingram has just been out of his mind great. Uh, I, I pulled up the 9-cat player Raider total value. He's, like, flirting with second-round value. And so, you know, he's going to start when Zion gets back. He's still going to see big minutes. But you just expect Zion to be a usage a high usage guy you expect him to take a lot of shots he's a really good rebounder so you wonder if he's gonna siphon off some rebounds from ingram's plate so you know i kind of i really like your take about like trying to sell high on ingram but kurt let me ask you i mean this guy right now flirting with second round value like uh like if somebody offers you a fourth round guy for ingram are you are you okay with making that move like, 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 what's your point as far as, like, what you're getting back in return? Gosh, and, and that's the tough thing is that somebody who is – so I'm looking at his preseason ranking was 120. <laughs> you could have picked this guy up in the final rounds of your draft, and anyone who did is loving it. Anyone who didn't is just kicking themselves, kind of like Andrew Wiggins. But So he's averaging 25.9 on the season in, in points. I can see that coming down, um, even if we're being less than conservative. Say he, I don't know, gives up five points or so, a few more shots. So maybe his points come down to closer to 20-ish. Mm-hmm. Rebounds are at 7.4. Maybe those come down a couple. Assists, I think those can stay the same or maybe even going up. Yep. Throwing the ball to Zion. Uh, steals and blocks, I don't see why those should change. His turnovers... Um, might come down because when you have such uh, defensively a, a guy who's going to command so much defensive attention 
maybe he's not going to turn it over as much. So maybe his 49% from the field can actually come up too. Mm. So it's kind of like he's going to help Ingram but also hurt him a little bit. I could see him falling maybe a round or so in value, maybe a round and a half. But as we just kind of talked about, like some of his numbers are going up, some of them are going down. It might actually better his value. And like you said, most people probably aren't giving up a second-round pick for him. Uh, as much as you want to sell high, it might be hard to realistically do that. Yeah. What, what kind of like third-round guy would you accept for him? Well, man, like... You know, I'm okay. I'm just looking at the player right now. Uh, I'll make this kind of quick. You know, I mean, I don't think anybody would move Tatum or Kemba or Devin Booker, Bam out of Bayou. You know, that could be um, a decent one. Uh, Al Horford. You know, I I would move Ingram for any of these guys. I doubt that those the people that Horford? have those guys would. Yeah, I would. I think. Well, I don't know. I mean, if you need a big, like if you're targeting. Uh, I'm okay with Horford. You know, I think that uh, I think Embiid's gonna miss more games down the stretch, and I think Horford will be all right. Horford is right now sitting as a third round value in nine category leagues, which is a little uh, surprising. I think I could make that move, but like you know, there's some guys sitting here: Danilo Gallinari, Rashawn Holmes. Um, you know, uh, Bojan Bogdanovic is really high on the player radar. Uh, I would rather have Ingram over all of these guys. Marcus Smart, Evan Fournier is really high on the player radar here. Like, uh, so you know, I, I would take Ingram over all those guys. But as you said, it's a really tricky move to make because, um, you know, I, I think it's hard getting those studs for Ingram, and you don't want to sell Ingram too low because I agree with you, Kurt. Even if he drops a round of value, he's still going to be really good. So, like, you don't want to. S- sell low on him and uh I, I don't know it's a really tricky situation anyways let's keep <laughs> let's keep going i could talk to you about that all night uh let's move to the next game the spurs and the pistons pistons getting the big victory here 132 to 98 i'm gonna check in on san antonio which uh has is never a fun thing to say kurt uh looking in on san antonio's side they've not been a fun team for fantasy but uh you know one guy who's been pretty steady is DeMar DeRozan 20 points two assists with four boards one steal one three on six to 12 shooting he went seven of eight from the line little uh strange to see him get to see him take three threes actually not known uh for giving you some good three-point uh production should mention LaMarcus Aldridge missed this game uh he missed this one uh, due to a thigh issue. Does I don't think it sounds serious, so hopefully we see him back pretty soon. Um, Jakob Pertle getting the start. He's been a popular pickup in some deeper leagues. He had eight points. I love to see the defensive stats. One block, three steals. He had one assist, five boards. Um, shot four of six from the field. Rudy Gay got the start with LaMarcus Aldridge out. He had 12 points, three rebounds, two blocks, and one steal on five of 12 shooting. Brent Forbes, um, you know... He's off and on. The backcourt is really, really a uh, bad situation with San Antonio. They got this weird three-headed monster with Forbes, Derek White, DeJounte Murray, and it's been really hard to ha- to own any of these guys. Um, speaking of, Derek White had seven points in 23 minutes. He also added a steal, a block, three assists, 
one three Dejounte Murray. Um, you know, love to see him get the three steals. Very good uh, guard defender, but only five points in 22 minutes. Man, it's just really tough. Real tough go for this uh, San Antonio backcourt. Off the bench, man, not too much to talk about here. No one I would trust, not even in deep leagues. It's, it's just kind of not a great situation for fantasy in San Antonio. And you kind of wonder if there might be some changes on the uh, on the horizon here for the Spurs. Kurt, what are your thoughts on San Antonio? My thoughts are I'm glad I don't <laughs> own any of them. Man, <sighs> What what can you take? Like nothing nothing changes here. Um, Dejounte Murray is obviously the one of the biggest underperformers on this team. He's on a minutes cap. He's not playing back to backs, and he's frankly just not producing. I wanted nothing to do with this timeshare, and I'm glad I'm not involved. If you are involved, Dejounte Murray probably hold on. He was number 84 by preseason ranks in Yahoo. And he's currently 130, nine cap per game. So I would say he really has nowhere to go but up. He's still averaging 1.4 steals, which is a big part of his value. When the minutes cap comes off, when he's able to play back-to-backs, which hopefully will be at some point, I mean, we're five, six weeks into the season, he, I think, is the point guard you want to own here. And I think you can buy low on him. And it's probably hard to do because you're like, why would I want to get involved and own this guy? Um, You probably have some low-end guys that you can probably trade for him. I'm sure his owner is beyond infuriated here. And you don't hear a whole lot about the minutes cap. So some people might not realize that he's on that minutes cap. Derek White, even though he's starting, I'm not picking him up in any of the leagues he was dropped in. Uh, Bryn Forbes had been a three-point streamer that was nice early to start the season, but he's beyond cooled off. One guy that maybe you deep leaguers can look at or somebody who you can maybe stash is Lonnie Walker. He only played 16 minutes, but I think this was his best game of the year. 13 points, two rebounds, two assists, and a steal, and a three. I don't know a whole lot about him, but I know there was a lot of hype coming in on him in the early going of the season or the preseason. So if you're looking for one of those shot-in-the-dark gamble-type guys, again, the the backcourt here is already so messy that maybe you just don't want to get involved. But if you have a super deep bench where you have some weekly lineups where you just, there's no, nobody out there. I could see maybe looking at Lonnie Walker. Do you know much about him, Adrian? Yeah, I was actually a big fan of Lonnie Walker when he came into the NBA draft and uh, had, had an injury that kind of ruined his rookie year. But, uh, just a do-it-all type guard, really good defender, two-way player, very athletic, can handle the rock. In fact, at Summer League, he was playing point guard for them at Summer League, which is strange because he's more of a shooting guard uh, type. So uh, just a real athletic, all-around nice player. But man, it's just with Forbes and Derek White and DeJounte Murray and uh, even DeMar DeRozan because he could even play uh, that position as well. Just really hard to see Lonnie Walker uh, getting run. Now, what we are watching for is some rumors that if San Antonio decides to make some changes and, you know, why not with, uh, what are they, 7-14? and 14? Uh, yeah. It doesn't look like they're going to make the playoffs in the first time in a long time. Why not move DeMar DeRozan, a guy who's probably, you know, 
not a rebuilding or like not a young piece to build around so you know with if let's say the Spurs decide to move DeRozan it could really open things up for the backcourt and for the wing position which could be good for a guy like Lonnie Walker so keep an eye on that situation but I think it you know it's not any kind of move you need to make a uh you need to jump on even in deeper leagues it's just a situation we're watching as far as Lonnie Walker goes um, all right. Uh, what went down on the uh, Pistons side of this game? All righty. So some of these lines are a bit muted. Uh, remember that they won by almost 40. So Blake Griffin only played 22 minutes. 10, 2, and 6. No steals, no blocks, no threes. 4 of 12 from the field. Uh, he wasn't really needed down the stretch. Andre Drummond, had he, he survived. He had 26 minutes, 9 and 16. Two assists, one steal, three blocks. Uh, one of four from the free throw line. Hopefully, that's not going to keep. Tr- that's not going to trend back to his old Drummond numbers. Tony Snell started, and he is not worth mentioning. Luke Kennard has been a nice surprise this season. Twenty-four and twenty points, four boards, three assists, four threes. He's been doing pretty well with Blake Griffin around. I thought he would take a bigger hit than he has. You can probably just keep holding on there. Maybe you can sell high, but. You know, we haven't seen a big ding from Blake Griffin on him so far. Uh, Bruce Brown, 13-7, and seven, three assists, one three. Only took eight shots. He's been an okay guy to own, probably in 14-teamers, I would say, or if you have somebody that's just trash on the end of your bench in a standard league, he should probably be owned in all 14-16 uh, teamers and deeper. Christian Wood is probably the most noteworthy guy for the Pistons tonight he only played 22 minutes he had 28 points 10 boards two assists one steal one block two threes 11 of 14 from the field so that's not really sustainable and four of four from the free throw line you might see people run to the wire and pick him up remember the Pistons won this one by almost 40 so I probably wouldn't do that he's a per minute monster kind of like Chris Boucher you know that we and he's out there in limited minutes. He's going to get you stats across the board. He's more of a stash, in my opinion. If you have a super deep bench or you're in one of those weekly lineups leagues where you can afford to keep him on the bench, kind of as a handcuff to either Griffin or Drummond, maybe you could do that. But in terms of standard leagues, probably even 14-teamers, I don't think he's a pickup. Ah, I'm going to massacre this guy's name. Siviatoslav Mikhailuk. I know the last name is Mikhailuk. He played 23 minutes. He had 13 points and two threes. Uh, maybe very, very deep leagues. One guy who took a hit tonight, but again, just throw this away if you own him because of the blowout. Langston Galloway only played 21 minutes. And he came off the bench. I'm pretty sure he's been starting in place of Tony Snell. So I'm not sure why they moved to Tony Snell because, I mean, he, he kind of smells. Uh, Langston Galloway had eight points and two threes. Really, guys? Uh, oh, Derrick Rose only played 19 minutes. Again, blowout factor. Ten points, ten assists, two steals, one block, one three. So Derrick Rose really gave you a solid line in only 19 minutes. Other than that, Adrian, I'm not moved by anything that happened on the Pistons side, are you? No, not at all. Although Christian Wood, man, he... Um, is very tantalizing, but 
As as you said, Kurt, under the current situation, uh, I don't think we need to make a move on him. But now, in certain situations, in certain leagues where you can afford to stash a guy, I think the Pistons are interesting because um, they are, what are they, 7 and 13? They're like three spots out of the playoffs in a weak Eastern Conference. I mean, what, um, what, like, what, uh, what am I trying to say here? What, why do they want to keep doing this, man? Uh, there's been some buzz that Andre Drummond, that Charlotte has some interest in Andre Drummond. Really? Why, why not try to move Drummond? Why not try to move, um, a very injury prone Blake Griffin who you haven't been able to win with, uh, and if the Pistons ever decide to go down that road this year, which in their current tra- trajectory, why not? I think now Christian Wood could be an interesting guy as as well as uh, Luke Kennard, who you mentioned. And it, we could throw maybe Bruce Brown into that category as well. So, um, you know, it's the usual sp- suspects with the Pistons unless they decide to blow it up. And then, Kurt, we might be running to oh, the yeah. wire to grab a guy like Christian Wood who as you said Kurt in the similar as in the Chris uh, Boucher vein can put up some He this guy can put up some big numbers it, given the opportunity so um, a guy I'm definitely watching and in the right situation if I can if I have the luxury to stash a guy uh, where I'm not getting killed and I can stash guy in deep leagues. I might already try to make that move. But anyways, it's it's maybe it's just me being hopeful, Kurt. I don't know, man. <laughs> um, okay, let's jump over to uh, the Utah Jazz and the Toronto Raptors. Um, well, my computer's loading. Okay, here we go. The Raptors getting the victory, one thirty to one ten. I'm gonna look in on the Utah side first, and uh, pretty disappointing game from Mitchell Robinson 16 points uh, only shot 6 of 16 4 assists, 1 steal 1 rebound, 2 threes uh, a guy who's been really good Bojan Bogdanovic man, this guy has been really good Just, uh, I feel like he kind of just took over that Joe Ingles role we've seen in seasons past 11 points one three, uh, you know, tonight didn't really have it going here tonight, but uh, man, he he had some lines last week that had me shaking my head, like wow. Um, he he only shot five of fourteen, seven boards, two assists. Uh, Gobert with double doubled with twelve points, eleven rebounds, one block, one assist, four of seven shooting, four of eight from the line, prone to to have some bad shooting from the line. Uh, you know, Mike Conley turning things around, twenty points for him, two assists, three rebounds, four threes on seven of thirteen shooting from the field. He was perfect two of two from the line. Um, let's see, off the bench. Green had a nice game off the bench. Jeff Green prone to uh, 
have some nice games but man in just 15 minutes hard to trust but tonight had 19 points two steals three rebounds one three he was a perfect six of six from the line six of 11 from the field but uh man even in deep leagues i don't think we can trust him and um not too much man joe ingles i've seen him hit the wire pretty much everywhere and um he's gonna probably stay there on the wire this season man it's just uh not happening for him Kurt, what do you think of Utah? Um, the only thing here, like I said, that I'm I'm kind of monitoring and honestly not really even actively monitoring is Joe Ingles. He had a couple good games, so maybe he was going to string it together. And tonight, 6-3-4, played 26 minutes, which is encouraging, but this was in a 20-point blowout, so he he can't even put up decent numbers in a blowout. I don't know if it's a mental thing coming off the bench. Cause he normally is a good contributor even in like mid twenties minutes, but I'm not picking him up anywhere. He's been dropped in almost every one of my leagues. And I think, I think you said Mitchell Robinson, but uh, I think oh. everyone knows Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> Did I say Mitchell? <laughs> <laughs> oh. so, no worries though. I just made. I just had to double check and make sure we weren't looking at Knicks. Um, the the other guy. <laughs> oh no, man. My good man. The the other thing, like you said, uh, Conley. I own him everywhere. I bought low on him where I could, and it just doesn't seem like it's in the cards for him to be that top. I don't know, forty, fifty guy that we we're hoping. He's currently two twenty three on the season, nine cat average. But I think better days are in store. Uh, just remember, again, that this is the only the, the first time he's ever playing with a brand new team. So he's been in the league, what, 10, 12 years? And this is the first time that he's playing with a new team. So it's going to take time to get integrated. You know, he probably wants to defer some. Um, yeah, I, I own him everywhere. I think he's still a buy-low guy. But where he finishes is definitely very cloudy at this point other than that i like you said i don't see much off the bench here you want to jump over to the raptors yes sir all right pascal siakam's great season continues he had 35 points five rebounds five assists two steals five three-pointers and he took nine of them mark gasol surprisingly i haven't seen him dropped anywhere i feel like i'd see him dropped in places but Tonight he had 11 points, and fact check me on this, I think it's the first time since like November 6th that he had double-digit points. He also had five rebounds, six assists, no steals, two blocks, three threes. The surprising thing is, you think he'd do better with Ibaka out? It took Ibaka coming back for him <laughs> to get double-digit points, so that's strange. Mm. He's definitely not the Marcus Soul of old, what is he, 35 now? But he's still getting hefty minutes. He's still starting. And he's contributing in pretty much every area besides points. So uh, he's low-key. I mean, kind of kind of decent. Let me see. Where is he on the player Raider so far? He is number 195. Okay. So he's kind of low. He was default ranked number 76 coming the season. So you're definitely not getting the return you hope for. But I don't think he's droppable. Norm Powell, 
15 points, five rebounds, three assists, four steals, two threes. That is a very well-rounded line, but Lowry is due to return any day now. And when he does, I think Powell is going to become basically basically irrelevant, maybe a 16-teamer. And he doesn't normally give you these uh, peripheral stats, the five rebounds, the three assists, the four steals. He's mainly a points and threes kind of guy. Uh, Fred Van Vliet, 21 and 11. He had five rebounds, one steal, five threes. He's been having a monster season. I uh, I have to admit, I did not see it coming. Not to this extent anyway. But I think he's a sell-high guy. He's still going to be fine when Lowry comes back. But he's definitely going to take a ding. Uh, Chris Boucher, one of those other per-minute monsters we talked about. He only played five minutes. Not worth owning anywhere if he's not going to get minutes. If there was ever a time for him to break into standard league value it would have been when Ibaka was out but Ibaka's back now he played 21 minutes he had 13 4 and 3 with one steal no blocks but he had two threes Rondé Hollis Jefferson continues to get minutes I would think they'd go to Boucher over RHJ but Rondé had 10 6 and 2 one steal two blocks I haven't looked at his value but he's probably a 14 team grab Mm, I don't think he's worth a standard league pickup. Terrence Davis, he's been a nice three-point guy off the bench, but I don't trust him in standard leagues, maybe maybe 14, 16 teamers, 13, 4, and 3, two threes. Um, I missed OG Ananobi. He played 30 minutes. He had 10 points, five boards, two assists, four steals, one block, no threes. Only took five shots. He's been trending down. Uh, early in the season, I think he was in the he was basically a second rounder. Right now, he is currently 75 in nine cat. Uh, his blocks have dropped below one. There was a point earlier in the season where he was 1.7, 1.7, 1.7 for three steals and blocks. Uh, the steals have dropped to 1.1 on the season, and the blocks have dropped to 0.9. Threes have gone up slightly to 1.8. Uh, he's not gonna be that second round type guy. But I've seen drop questions for him. Like I said, he's still number 75. And a guy who, on a worst-case scenario, is averaging 1-1-1. I think he, needs, he has to be owned. And if people are considering dropping him, that means you might be able to buy low on him. I would love to have him on any one of my teams. Adrian, what's your take on these guys? Man, you covered it all. Uh, it's, this, the Raptors are very good. Man, I just a lot of people expected them to fall off a cliff when Kawhi and Danny Green uh, left Toronto, but they've been really, really good this year. And uh, you know, they've they're they're just really talented team all around. And with uh, you know Siakam uh, emerging as a superstar, all-star type player, OG Ananobi. Um, they're just deep. They just got like a bunch of guys they fill in, like Hollis Jefferson and Powell, and um, and they're all good two-way players. It's just they're just really good. And and for fantasy, like we saw tonight, I mean, gosh, how many players scored in double figures tonight? Is like uh, seven or eight players in double figures. It's just uh, they're just a really good team. Um, Kurt, I've heard some panic about the return of Lowry um, 
regarding Van Vliet. And, you know, I have Van Vliet in a, a few leagues this year. He's been spectacular if you drafted him. I mean, he was like a late mid-round guy, and he's returning like early round value right now. So you just enjoy the ride if you got Van Vliet. And don't freak out because he was starting – in the beginning of the year when Lowry was healthy and he was playing well next to Lowry. So even though Van Vliet may take a hit, I'm not expecting him to take a major hit where now he's a late round guy. I think he's still going to be a really nice fantasy asset. So don't freak out. But I love your take though, Kurt. If you can sell high, I mean, it is ridiculous right now where Van Vliet is sitting on the player Raider ranking. So if you can somehow take advantage of that and 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 get a stud um kurt i'll give you an example in my home league i got a guy thinking over right now zion for van fleet so um yeah now he's in a situation where he's loaded with bigs he's got a couple hurt players he's tired of waiting for zion um he's desperate for point guard help and he's seeing van fleet put up multi-digit assist numbers every night like he put up 11 tonight so uh and then i he's looking on the player raider and seeing van Vliet's current value so i think uh it's i mean you know at the beginning of the year that that would get vetoed on the first day of the season a trade like that would uh, be vetoed so anyways um rafters are spectacular man all right let's let's jump over to the golden state warriors and the orlando magic uh close game here uh the magic getting the victory 100 to 96 gonna look in on the warriors side of this game it's been uh a pretty bumpy ride for the warriors with all the injuries and uh just really strange to see them be the favorites to win the title last year to being maybe one of the worst teams maybe the worst team in the nba this year um i guess i'll start with um where shall I start? You know what? I'm going to start with Willie Cauley-Stein, a very popular uh, ad. And if he's somehow still sitting there, I think he's definitely worth a pickup everywhere. Double-double tonight with 11 points, 12 boards, a steal, a block. Uh, I think this is exactly what this guy could do for the rest of the season. Even when this team becomes healthier, uh, I think he he's likely going to just start at center all year. And uh, I think he's he's pretty good. Uh, Green played in this one. I think he was iffy coming in, or is he iffy now? Let me take a look at this. Um, so he, I, I, I don't know. I'm really curious if we see Draymond Green play the next one. I don't think we will. Uh, he had 11 points, two steals, seven assists, four rebounds. Uh, I would be pretty concerned if you got Draymond Green, man. If if he can somehow string together three or four good games in a row, I think you go target that team that's desperate for big help. And I'm I'm one of those teams in a couple of leagues where I'm a big man short and I'm like drowning in rebounds and blocks in a couple of leagues so go target that kind of team and see wait for Draymond Green to put together a few good games um Robinson man this guy's been I feel like this guy's been pretty good I can't remember the last time he had a bad game 19 points and assists three rebounds three threes on eight of 16 shooting from the field I think Glenn Robinson needs to be I mean he's he's likely already picked up in all standard leagues could in some deeper deeper leagues could be available i know in all of my uh 12 team leagues he's already gone there but i think this guy's gonna start all year even when uh 
um, even when D'Angelo Russell comes back and the team gets healthier, I think he's just going to be pretty good. So make sure he's owned in your league. Alec Burks with a nice game here. 15 points, 3 steals, 3 assists, 5 boards, 1-3. He could disappear in the next one. So really tough to trust him in standard leagues, but he's we've also seen him have some nice games this year. So if you don't mind the ups and downs, um, could be worth an add. Pascal, man, 17 points with two assists, six rebounds, six of 14 shooting, five of six from the line. He's been good. Make sure he's make sure he's um, not sitting on your wire. I think he's definitely worth an add. Uh, I got Kai Bowman in some deeper leagues, and um, you know um, I played him in the last one, and he put a put up a really bad game. So I decided to sit him in this one. It's like a roto game cap league, and so uh, you know this one the shooting wasn't great. Only four of twelve from the field for twelve points, four assists, three rebounds. But I think Kai Bowman is worth rostering in some deep leagues. Um, You know, when D'Angelo Russell comes back, I don't think Kai Bowman will be worth playing. But I also think it's possible we see D'Angelo do what he's been doing this year, which is like sitting for for periods of time and then coming back and sitting. Who knows? They could even move D'Angelo Russell. So I don't know. Keep an eye on Bowman or pick him up if um, he suits your team. Marquise Chris was a popular pickup. I, I'm not sure why, really, because, I mean, three, point, <laughs> three points, two blocks. I, I just don't trust him in, like, a 20-minute role. I just think, yeah, he could give you a low-end double-double, but he could also give you, like, almost nothing. And, uh, you know, if you're okay with the line he put up tonight, if, if you're in that deep of a league and you're really desperate for big man help, I, I guess he could be worth an ad. Spellman, the same thing. I saw him on some waiver wire columns, and it's kind of the same thing with him. So I, I don't really trust Chris or uh, Marquise Chris or Omari Spellman. Um, Kurt, thoughts on the Warriors? Man, I'm just stoked that I don't own Draymond <laughs> Green anywhere. Yeah. I, I don't know. I heard uh, Dan Vesperus, one of our benevolent overlords, talking about you're just trying to sell him for pennies on the dollar. Mm-hmm. He said maybe a guy like Harrison Barnes oof, oof. is somebody you're targeting. And and what a fall from grace for a guy that went in some drafts in the second round. That's probably a little high. Maybe third or fourth round. Third at least. Yeah, and for him to just be a disaster right now, if I owned him, what I'd be trying to do is wait for him to put – three to five and that might even be a reach getting him to do five games but maybe getting him to do three games very solid value and try to flip him for somebody i don't even know who i would target but you're gonna take a hit on that and and man eric pascal i thought he was better he seems like he's been having a great year but he is number 138 on the season and his percentages are great 50 percent and 80 percent 17 and 5, but the peripheral stats 0.73, 0.4 steals, 0.4 blocks, and 1.6 assists. So he's good for points, boards, and percentages, but I don't think he's as good as people are hyping him up to be. And like you said, the guy who I think is surprising is Glenn Robinson. He's in close to the top 100 because. He's got one of the more fantasy-friendly stat sets. He kind of contributes across the board. 
And then the guy that I'm a little bummed at because he's one of the guys I'm more excited about is Kai Bowman. But he's coming off the bench, and we haven't even seen D'Angelo Russell yet. So when D'Lo comes back, he could vanish completely. But who knows what's going to happen with this team in terms of trades or shutdowns later in the season. I think we will revisit Kai Bowman in the future, and I think there's going to be at least one, maybe multiple times where he's going to be a guy you want to own this year because he's going to go up and down. Oh, also, Mm -hmm. the last thing I had is Kavon Looney. He's expected to return, I think, tomorrow or Tuesday. I forgot about him. So he's somebody that if he's sitting on your waiver wire and you have somebody to drop, I would absolutely pick him up and see what happens. He could be like a top 80, 90 type of guy. You know what? I completely forgot that, that that Kevin Looney was on the team, and now I'm wondering <laughs> about my take on Cauley Stein, because um, Looney's gonna probably start at center over Cauley Stein, so uh, I'm kind of not as high now on Willie Cauley Stein. Although I do still think Willie Cauley Stein um, should be rostered, but definitely not as uh, not as a for sure thing as I thought anymore. Thank yeah, you. And, and, Thank you for reminding me of that, actually. Of course, man. And that thing with Looney, I can't remember what it is. It's like nerve stuff. So it's oh, serious stuff. Yeah. He might come back and then, I don't know, have something happen and he might be out long term. He said it's been dealing. he's been dealing with it for two or three years. So kind of concerning. Yeah, that's, that's some um, scary stuff when you deal with nerves. What went down on the magic side of this game? Well, sir, we have Aaron Gordon playing again. He went for a monster line of eight points, seven rebounds, four assists, and one three on a pristine two of 11 from the field and one of five from three-point land and chipped in three turnovers. He gets so much buzz, and he is not a good fantasy player. This guy is not good. On the season, he is... Gosh, I can't even find him. He's number 161. But he was a preseason rank of 52 because he just hurts you in those percentages so much and doesn't do a whole lot else. Um, Jonathan Isaac, on the other hand, he doesn't get as much credit as he deserves, at least in terms of like NBA, like real basketball. You know, those of us who are fantasy uh, fans know that this guy's a monster. But in terms of like casual, just watch the game with a bucket of popcorn NBA fans. No, I feel like they have no idea who Jonathan Isaac even is. But he went for 14 and 11 with one steal, one three, and five blocks. He is killing it in the defensive stats this year. I think it's something like 1.4 steals and 2.7 blocks. I'm spitballing. Those numbers are probably off. But they're definitely over four combined steals and blocks on the season. There are something like 10 guys who have ever done that. One of the most recent ones you might have heard of him was Anthony Davis. So he has just been killing it this year. I'm very bummed that I don't own him anywhere. I was so focused on getting my guards and then getting my bigs that I kind of neglected my my wings. But if you own him, congratulations. It's going to be an amazing ride. And I don't think he's a sell high either. Um, let's see. Vooch sat out tonight. He had, what does he have going on? He had, uh, it was revealed that he had a sprain, well, obviously a right ankle, but he's also dealing with a bone bruise. And they're saying that that could take additional time to heal. So 
Whereas he was to be reevaluated in seven to 10 days after his injury, he might be looking at an extended absence here. I don't know how long, but in his place, we're looking at guys like Ken Birch and Mobamba. Prior to tonight, I thought Mobamba was the guy I wanted, but Ken Birch played 30 minutes. He went for seven and 10 with three assists, two steals, and a block. He only took five shots, and for the most part, his lines have been pretty empty. He's been getting about 24, 25 minutes with not a whole lot, and Bamba was the guy I was looking at. Uh, He'd been getting threes. He's been getting blocks. He averages like 1.4 blocks on the season in only 16 minutes. So, but tonight, I think the pendulum swung more in Ken Birch's favor. Bamba off the bench only played 17 minutes. He had four points, three rebounds, and one block. Kind of a bummer for him, but he did have four fouls, so that may have played uh, a factor in his playing time here. Evan Fournier had 32 points, three rebounds, six triples, took 21 shots. Uh, He's been one of those guys that you could draft at the end of your drafts. And he's been returning value. He's been doing really well. Uh, let's see. Markel Fultz. I was slow to the party on him. And I wasn't super stoked thinking that he could keep it up. But at this point, he's must own. He had 14 points, 4 rebounds, 9 assists, 1 steal, uh, 50% from the field, and 2 of 3 from the free throw line. So he's definitely somebody that needs to be owned if he's somehow still floating around. He's owned in all of my leagues at this point. I was a little too slow on him. I wasn't completely sure if he would keep it up. I had other similar guys like Darius Garland, Isaiah Thomas were all kind of in that same realm for me. And I had uh, some of the formers. So if he's still floating on your wire, you need to pick him up. His backup, DJ Augustine, played 24 minutes, but had zero points, five rebounds, four assists. Otherwise, of note, off the bench, we had Terrence Ross, who got to play 29 minutes tonight. He had 19 points and three threes. If you own Ross, that's really what you want is a scoring in the threes. He doesn't usually get you a whole lot else. He's close to a steal per game. Today, he had one steal, one assist, four rebounds. Um, Al Jefferson, I didn't realize he was still in the league. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) That's Emil Jefferson. He was a DMPCD. I I got excited seeing Al Jefferson (laughs) on there for a second. Um, Adrian, what else you got on the Magic? Man, can I tell you, I dropped Markel Fultz like two weeks ago in my home Roto League. It's like a 13-team deep roster league. And, man, he was putting up like eight or nine points with like two assists and like just giving me low-end lines. And I was like, I'm good at point guard. I'm going to just drop this guy and work the wire. And I'm regretting it, man. Like, I feel like as soon as I dropped him, he started turning things around and started having nights like tonight. And I think Fultz is going to improve as the year goes on, which is kind of what we're seeing. Like, he's already, like, you feel like taking a next step from what he was doing early in the season. And who knows? Maybe we see him keep going so as you said Kurt if he's somehow still sitting um make sure Fultz is owned because I think uh at some point he'll be a reliable guy and uh love your take on Isaac man I am so 
uh, I'm so depressed I don't have Jonathan Isaac anywhere, too, man. I would love to have this guy. I mean, if this guy was on my team, I feel like I would be cruising to a championship because he's like the missing piece. And can I tell you, Kurt, he is not an easy guy to trade for. I tried to float some trade offers. Like, the Jonathan Isaac owner knows that he's good, and you got to give up, like, major major value to steal jonathan isaac from a guy so um very tough guy to trade for you got to give up a lot to get him so yeah. i have a i have yeah. a question for you uh-huh. so so we talked about brandon ingram and who you might sell and we talked about guys who were taken in the second or third round obviously isaac's more around five six seven who would you rather have between isaac and ingram I take Jonathan Isaac just because of those defensive stats. Man, five blocks tonight. I mean, I, I'm just in some leagues where I'm having trouble. I didn't draft. I was so focused on those point guards. I missed. I like was one center short, and I'm yep. paying the price. And I would kill to have those blocks. So yeah, man, I would take Jonathan Isaac just because of the blocks. He's just f- fantastic. And just as you said, Kurt, you nailed it. Like he's sneaky good because people don't really how efficient he is like you know he's never gonna have like a 40 point game like Harden but like tonight shooting you know he's five of six from the line four of um, four of nine from the field just efficient 11 boards he just he's just a month like a quiet monster and uh man I would I'm just like so depressed I don't have him anywhere I wish I you know I like you Kurt was like so focused in other areas that he was going off the board I just wasn't looking at him when he was going off the board and and anyways missed out all right you guys there's one more game still going on and I'm gonna have to take this one on later tonight solo because my wife is probably gonna murder me (laughs) as usual Kurt and I talking can just talk up a storm but before we get out of here Kurt what you up to where can the listeners find you at I'm just living the dream, my good man. I can be reached on Twitter uh, at Captain Canegis, C-A-I-N-E-G-H-I-S. It's probably in the description, kind of hard to spell. Hit me up there. I try to get back as soon as I can on any trade, add, drop questions as long as I'm not at work. Um, yeah, that's that's really it. We appreciate you guys tuning in. If you have any feedback for us, again, hit us up. Let us know. If, if we're missing anybody, if uh, we're not going in, in depth enough, which I, I think would be hard <laughs> if we weren't, but, but let us know. Let us know. We always want to improve and do the best right, we can to help you guys win your championships. Kurt, always great talking to you, man. I will see you next Sunday. And you guys, I'll be back in very, very shortly for this final game. The Clippers getting the victory 150 to 125. I'm going to take a look at the Washington side of the game first. Uh, I got to start with the rookie, Roy Hachimura, with 30 points, three assists, nine rebounds. He had two threes. He went 13 of 23 from the field, and this was an outstanding game from him. Um, you know, in standard leagues, he's a really tough guy to roster because. Um, really inconsistent but is also capable of having games like this so in deeper leagues uh, I definitely think he's worth rostering also wondering if 
um, he starts to really put it together as the season goes on. So even in shallow leagues, a guy you would definitely want to watch, if he starts doing this on a consistent basis, he's definitely going to be worth um, he's definitely going to be worth picking up. Uh, Bradley Beal with 23 points, 2 steals, 11 assists, which is very nice, 5 rebounds, um, no 3s tonight, which is really disappointing, but I love that he went 9-10 from the line, 7-19 of 19 from the field. Uh, 5 turnovers tonight is a little rough, but a pretty good game from him otherwise. Um, Bryant had 9 points um, and 8 rebounds, 3 assists. He only shot 3 of 11 from the field. Uh, Thomas with 16 points, 4 assists, 4 rebounds, a 3 threes from him. He shot 5 of 11 from the field. Troy Brown just not happening for him. Uh, got into some foul trouble tonight. Had 5 fouls in 22 minutes for 8 points, 7 rebounds, and uh, I dropped him across the board um, in standard leagues and even in some deep leagues I let him go um, off the bench Bertons is a nice option he had 20 points one block two steals one assist he shot six of nine from downtown and seven of ten from the field and other than that not much else to talk about here on the Washington side um, let's take a look at the LA Clippers. Uh, they got 31 points from Paul George and 34 points in Kawhi Leonard. And, you know, this is really interesting. I, I feel like um, since Paul George and Kawhi Leonard have been playing together, we have not seen them both pop in the same game. And so really nice to see both these guys go off for 30 plus in the same game. Uh, Paul George also adding eight rebounds and assists, four threes on 10 of 21 shooting. Both guys were perfect from the line. Paul George was seven of seven from the line. Kawhi Leonard was four of four. Kawhi also added six rebounds, three assists, one steal. He went 14 of 21 from the field. Um, Patrick Beverly, somewhat of a letdown here. Um, he um, went three points. The three steals is nice. Two assists, six boards, one three um, in just 24 minutes. Likely had some foul trouble in this one. He had four fouls in 24 minutes. Um, Mo Harkless had seven points, two rebounds, one block. Tough to trust Mo. Uh, Zubak had two points in 16 minutes. He had four fouls in just 16 minutes, so he was seeing some foul trouble. Um, the big that you want to have on the Clippers is Montrez Harrell, who had 23 points, 15 rebounds, um, a block, a steal. He went 9 of 15 from the field, only 5 of 9 from the line, but pretty nice. Lou Williams, always a good scoring option off the bench. He had 22 points and 8 assists, 1 rebound and 2 threes. He shot 6 of 10 from the field, 8 of 9 from the line is is pretty nice. Um, don't really trust anyone else here. And, um, you know, it, 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 the Clippers are a tough team because, you know, other than Paul George and Kawhi Leonard on a night-to-night basis, it's really tough to trust uh, Pat Bev and Mo Harkless. Uh, Montrez Harrell, probably the third option you want. And I feel like Lou Williams has been pretty safe and should be pretty safe um, going forward. 
All right, you guys, it's been a pretty great night of NBA fantasy action. A pretty nice slate. I think tomorrow um, is going to be a little lighter and so uh, probably a little shorter, a little quicker tomorrow. Thank you guys so much. I hope you guys are having a great fantasy season. Um, I hope, you know, you you um, your teams are doing well. I hope you guys are avoiding injury and that your guys are, if you have some underperforming guys to start the year, I hope they're coming around. If you do have some injury guys, I hope they're back soon. And uh, I want to thank you guys for listening and supporting the show. Hit me up on Twitter at, at Adrian Benjamins. Would love to hear from you guys. Thank you guys so much, and I'll talk to you later. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.